Hello and welcome to Come Out and Play, the D&D podcast that's all trans, all the time. My name is Benjamin, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be your DM for this campaign. My name is Moss, I use Z, them pronouns, and I'm playing Ember, who uses they, them pronouns. They are a human paladin of the singing flame. My name is Mel, I use they, them pronouns. I play Trick, who also uses they, them pronouns. Trick is a huge human warrior and Ember's elder sibling. My name is Haz, I use they, them pronouns, and I play Maynard, who uses he, him pronouns, and he is a skittish wizard. I'm Chris, I play Rill, and we both use he, him pronouns. Hello everyone, welcome back. Uh, When we left our intrepid party of adventurers, they were taking a nice relaxing sea voyage. They had, where do I start this summary? There's been a lot going on for our characters in the last few days. They have left the ruined city of Brarelgrin that they spent weeks of their lives working towards through the Underdark. They took a brief saunter down to Vanguard, a city on the southern coast, where they met up with Rill's, uh, its complicated friend, Odysseus, got pulled into some kind of astral plane situation, fought his warlock patron, Rill got turned into a ghost, and body swapped with the warlock patron into a puppet. They managed to reverse that, so now Rill is back in his own body, but also he's still a ghost. Then they took a nice relaxing sea voyage and messed about with some potions and made a wizard friend and had two two or three nice days after the remarkable events that have been pursuing them up until now. And as we begin this session, your boat is pulling in at the harbour of Padonium. You can see in the dawn light, as the sun rises behind the mountains of Herania, a shallow harbour with hills rising behind it. You can see that many of the houses are painted white, that they often have flat roofs. And on the hills behind the city, you can see larger buildings, brightly painted, which look to all of you like the ancient Principes temples that you have seen in storybooks. It's early in the day, but because it is not long after midsummer, the days are short, and therefore the streets are already busy with people in unfamiliar clothes, mostly human smattering of half-elves, hardly any halflings, which is unusual to the three of you who are not from the Underdark. There is a breeze at your backs blowing toward the land, and it's bringing you in. You have already paid, I think, for passage aboard the Matak, and it, as it ties up to the docks, it is about nine in the morning. You, as the passengers, are unloaded without ceremony along with the cargo of wine that they have brought here. And you are in the Perdonium. You are at the mouth of the Radia, the river which runs inland to the Sunfire Lake, or as the Drow would call it, the Sea of Dreams, at the very centre of the world. What would you like to do? I mean, we should probably go looking for a boat. (laughs) They're supposed to be pretty pretty um available right from from the conversations you you've had yes yeah 
be quicker to walk across water? <laughs> no. I, I mean, for some of us, maybe. But, uh, I don't have enough of that spell to give everyone water walking. So, <laughs> no. Um, I mean, we I could ask around, see what the pathway is like. Does it look like canalized at all, this um, river? At least, at least inwards towards town. The section that's flowing out into the harbour does look as if it's been improved. Uh, beyond mm. the city, you, you can't tell from here. So is this like a full-on like city rather than like a... This is a full-on city. This is the westernmost city of Telverum Fidelis, which is the surviving remnant of the Telver Empire, which, to its conquered peoples, was known as the Principes Benevolentiae, or the Principes and which brought you civilization and writing and plumbing. Mm. And then and which left. <laughs> Mostly money, a certain amount of slaves. Mm. And of course, the dignity of your sovereignty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not, not my sovereignty. Not yours, you know. personally. They never conquered the forest. <laughs> famous for it. But, you know, Maynard's sovereignty. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, I don't know. I suppose we can ask around, see if the roads uh see if there's roads up there i mean if there's a good waterway there might not be a good road as well right oh, i thought we'd talked about it being um quite slow i mean up and up there and, and back down i spread my hand and say are we in a particular rush not particularly i mean faster i feel like is better when you're facing the potential end of the world, but we don't have a timeline on that, so... <laughs> yes, the, uh, the the message of we must do this was pretty clear, but we must do this now? Later? When? Is unclear. Mm. Well, obviously that means we can take our time with it. I just think it means that we don't know if we can take our time with it. I'd say it means that if we're meant to, if we're meant to be, if the gods want us to take our time with it, if the gods want us to hurry up, they'll send us a sign. <laughs> Fair enough. You all take a listen, waiting for the rumble of thunder, and sadly, it does not appear. Okay, so we hire a boat. Well, probably book passage on the boat, right? If it's a pilgrimage way, mm, there's probably a, an ample number of bigger boats. I guess. I mean, I don't know. I imagine if you, I imagine they've got a, actually, no, I don't imagine anything. I've never been to the coast before in my life. <laughs> I, I, trick try to tell the situation as well. I imagine then it's kind of tapers off as they realize they don't actually imagine anything in particular. <laughs> you imagine there's some things for that sort of thing. I mean, if you want to go, all I'm saying is I don't speak, I don't speak, um, Eastern common or what have you. So, if those of you who've got the magic to do that can make increase if you'd rather be on the road, I don't have a preference. I imagine we're sort of still on the docks, just looking lost and arguing about where to go, right? Yeah, as people sort yeah. of push past you with cargo and, and you know, baskets of fish. Mm, I take a lot of pushing past. Is there uh, any, any street signs or signs that show that would tell us? where we might need to go or can we just follow the the, the inlet to 
a river dock or something. I don't know how this works. What What are you looking for specifically? Well, if we need to travel upriver, um, I guess we're looking for a river dock. I don't okay. know. Roll, roll me investigation. Twenty four. Okay. A lot of the streets do have signs. Uh, they have uh, ceramic tiles painted with their names set into the walls of buildings. Um, unfortunately, as you're f- wholly unfamiliar with the city, knowing the street names doesn't help you a lot. But you know, for future reference, yes, there are street names. You take what well, you know. The fa- you take what seems to you to be the obvious approach. You work your way around the edge of the harbor to where the river flows into it and start following that inland through the city. It takes a little bit of doing. There's not, at least at this point, there is not a towpath or a parallel route to the river. The river kind of cuts through the streets of the city and there are many, many bridges and walking along the bank of the river isn't really an option. But you manage to follow the route of it nonetheless, based on, on partly how the land slopes and partly what you can see between buildings. Um, and following it, you come towards what I think you would probably all recognize as a temple district. There are slightly, you know, there are larger, more individual houses, and there are these brightly painted, columned buildings that are decorated with with both murals and statues relating to the gods. And here, the river sort of escapes from that built-up state somewhat. And there's a plaza with the river, which is quite wide and and slow-running, flowing through it. And that appears to be functioning as a, a kind of a dock. So there are a number of barges pulled up to the banks of the river here that are, some of them are, are loading, some of them just appear to be waiting for something. They're just tied up. You say a temple district, uh, which gods? Taking a look around, all of them, but oh. not all of, but not all of the temples look like they're in active use. The ones that have a lot of people coming and going, the ones where the murals appear to have been well-maintained and then they don't need repainting, and the ones in wealthier-looking condition, those are for what you would consider the wrong god. Those are all for the Council of Light. The Threadmistress Temple is particularly large and wealthy-looking. Hmm. Not much of a surprise. Better in. So I suppose the question is, um, um, do we want to just try and book passage up? I mean, it looks like a fair few of these are just. You guess some of these are looking for tender if there's a heavy, heavy traffic up that way. I say again, as someone who doesn't speak Eastern Common. <laughs> Actually, um. Someone roll me a perception check. Okay. Mm, eight. Okay. Uh, Eighteen. 
18 is better than eight traditionally um <laughs> you spent a couple of days on the boat and you know from t- talking to people on the boat that they were all speaking eastern common amongst themselves so mm. you recognize the sound of that language that is not what is being spoken around you here this is a different language that you don't speak you're suddenly oh, very no. glad that you didn't try <laughs> you didn't waste any magic on like learning eastern common in a hurry your guess is that maybe Eastern Common is the triple braid language and whatever they're speaking in Telverum Fidelis, something else. Um, you recognize... Yeah, you pro- um, 18. You recognize some of the sounds. Like, it doesn't have a lot of phonemes that are not in Western Common. It doesn't mm. sound like a language that would be difficult for you to speak, and you can kind of pick up on the where the gaps between the words are meant to go. It's just you don't really know any of the words. Um, also, just like surely in that case, sorry, I, I I had thought as a general as a point of general knowledge that Eastern Common was what people spoke in Fidesz. Like Mm-mm. some of it's us are relatively cosmo- cosmopolitan. Like it's what they speak in the Triple Braid, which means it is, tends to be the language of sailors because they are like worldwide the best yeah. and most prolific sailors. But what I'm saying is, at least at least one of us is at least somewhat cosmopolitan, um, and might just. Know I, I will give a... you an exact analogy. Yeah. You're all speaking English, and you've come to somewhere they're yeah. speaking Italian. Sure. So it's 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 a clearly related all language. I, all I was suggesting was all I was suggesting was does has a person who grew up in who grew Look, up. He in hasn't tried sports, yet. Happen to know what? Okay, <laughs> sorry. He hasn't tried yet. You can't get mad at me for not translating for him when he hasn't spoken to. I wasn't asking yet. to translate for him. <laughs> <laughs> just if you were going to go oh yes obviously you know I was yeah. waiting to Sorry. For, for, for a little a little lull uh, so I could um, say I want to cast comprehend languages okay so you cast comprehend languages um, so you can understand anyone who speaks to you and you can read writing I believe yeah so it's not the it's not as good most as tongues. useful. It's not as good as tongues, but it's a bit more expensive. That can you speak in return? Is that the limitation on comprehend languages? Uh, no, I can just read it, uh, and I can understand a literal meaning. So, like turns of phrase and metaphors don't work. Yeah, so it won't it won't translate an idiom for you. No. People around you are having pretty ordinary conversations, unless you're like looking for anything in particular, like. Nothing is particularly standing out as, you know, you don't think there's been any disasters in the city this morning. People are just about their business. Okay. Um, do we see anybody boarding, uh, boarding barges to go upriver? Is there a place where that happens? I'm going to take this off the 24 you had because that was a really good investigation check. Yes. So you, you, you look around and, and try to sort of tune in to the movement of the of, of the people around you. And you figure that the reason that this river dock is like in the temple district is exactly this tradition of pilgrimage. This is where you come to start your journey up to the center of the world. And you are not the only people who are here to make that pilgrimage. Uh, there are pe- little clusters, twos and threes, of people who don't fit in, they're not wearing the right clothes, they're not actively about their business, they're just sort of waiting around. 
and a number of them are clustered around one particular fairly small uh, river barge with a half-elven portly gentleman uh, standing you know, at, at the gangplank. You've got a pretty good feeling that if this person is accepting pilgrims from all sorts of places, he might speak common. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to uh, go up to him uh, and say, hello. Uh, good day, sir. Good morning. He responds in common. Excellent. Oh, so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to be a terrible one-sided conversation. He, he, sees that look, he sees that look of, of relief on your face and kind of grins. I suppose you get people coming from here all over the world. It makes sense that you'd be able to speak multiple languages. I do my best. I do my best. Are you, forgive the presumption, but are you looking to make the pilgrimage? Yes, I have three companions with me, and we would very much like to know uh, how you may take us to Spire. Spire, Spire, isn't it? It is. It is. uh, Very well. You would know this because you are are reasonably aware of it. The the monastery is the spindle. The artifact at the centre of the world that the monastery is built around is the spire. Right. Okay. So I'm going to go to the spindle. So you're not wrong to say the spire. It's just like there's the two things are in the same place. Of course, of course. The way we the way we manage it, because many people prefer to make the pilgrimage on foot. And in any case, uh, our lovely river here is not the easiest to sail up. We have to go fairly slowly. The arrangement we have is that we will carry your luggage, and we will keep pace with you as you walk alongside the river, and then we will make camp with you in the evenings, look after you, look after your food, and uh, assist you in making the journey. I see. Okay. Allow me to talk with my companions, and we'll see if if that's something we want. Thank you uh, very much, sir. Of course. Take your time. I sort of hustle back to to the rest of the rest of my friends. So good news and bad news. Boat is going up the river, but it's not taking passengers. It's taking luggage because people prefer to walk. Hmm. Right. We can walk. Be now. useful if we had a horse to deal with still, but not that sorted. I don't think they want to take the horse either, but that's fine. They essentially act like a. They they provide they they go with the group that's walking up along the river and they provide food um, and 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 drink as you walk while taking your luggage with you. I'm not sure if that's something we really need. No. Yeah, um, I feel like we're used enough to carrying what we have. I suppose yeah. we do without. Yeah. I guess all we need is directions. Well, not directions, because uh, we can follow the river, but... And supplies. Right. I'm just saying. Sorry, from oh. my interpretation of what Ben said, the the river guy 
just watches your food and keeps it safe. I don't think they provide it. Oh, no, the, the, the intended meaning was they feed you, so you oh, don't okay. have to worry about it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. But I was going on the suggestion of we will do without this service, in which case we need to get to place. Yeah. And possibly, and, and maybe fodder if we want the horse um, normal. <laughs> well, which we probably uh... will if we're issuing the um, pack services. Mm-hmm. Okay, we find supplies and we get going. I'm sure we can take care of ourselves. Do we want to try and go with another group for safety or by ourselves? I mean, we can pair off three, run some. I imagine they won't want us mixing in with their group if part of what they offer is a watch fly, is it? Isn't it? Mm, true. So I guess we do that. Try and find some supplies to, <laughs> to prepare us for the journey. How long is it going to take us to get there on foot? I mean, good question. Uh, yeah. Travelling traveling at a, a sensible pace uh, about a week to the shores of the lake. Oof. And because you're here watching the river, you, you are seeing that there is, there's plenty of other traffic down this river. Um, pilgrims are not the only thing being moved inland or being brought back. Um, this is clearly rich and... and well-tended farmland and there's a lot of uh, grain being brought down in great big sacks and other things in in barrels and bags and a lot of these boats are cargo boats Hmm. how much a week's rations for four people is it's in the player's handbook i think i mean i would recommend two weeks rations if i were you Ah, yes, of course. I forgot about going back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the player's handbook is also very silly. Um, All the numbers are wrong, but we I have not done the work to make everything right about numbers. it. Is... Oh, there is a... Um, <laughs> We're playing a silly game, we just accept that. Um, da, 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 da. I mean, notionally... <laughs> notionally, tangled, tangled pieces per day for the party. Um... So 140 gold pieces. That seems like yeah. a lot. It does seem like that a lot. lot. It? Yeah, jeez. I don't have that. It's almost like... Actually, hang on. No, no, sorry. No, what happened was I had five and it was... What happened was I had five and it was... Um... And it was giving me the total cost rather than the cost per... Right, so, so for five of you for a week, 10 gold, that seems more like it. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, how this, this, wait, how many of us well, are you, there? No, I mean, I mean you put in us. five. No, say you put yeah. in five. Yeah. yeah. So that would be for 20 of us. It would be 100. Yeah, you don't have that many people. So it would actually be 28 altogether, according to Player's Handbook numbers. So they ran back before people. Yeah. That's um, double, I think. Assuming no I one's money on spells. not that hard yeah. especially this is a sort of food port yes i'm gonna say you know the only difficulty you're gonna have with any of it is the language barrier and comprehend languages can get you through a lot of that because if you can understand mm. what they're saying to you your half can be done with points and yes and no which are very quick to pick up and things yeah. like that um you will need to spend a couple of hours getting yourselves 
supplied and sorted, I would say, but I don't think you're going to have difficulty with it. Do we? I, I am going to propose to the party that it would be good to let the horse out. <laughs> Both for practical reasons and for feeling uncomfortable keeping the horse in. Yeah. Right. So I'll, I'll, I'll buy, I'll need fodder as well, but mm-hmm. hopefully that's not You can find that without, without difficulty. Yeah. Grand. You do are getting a certain amount of attention just because you stand out here. This is a part of the world where many people have darker skin, and mm. the three humans amongst you are all very pale northerners with red hair. <laughs> one of two of you, the drow and one of the humans, have glowing eyes. One of the other humans has tusks. You're not you're not immediately provoking aggressive responses. But you have that feeling that if anyone who passed you was asked if they saw you, they did. Yeah. You are noticeable. Out of curiosity, because I don't think it's come up before, which one of us has glowing eyes? Me. Oh, Ember has glowing eyes. Ember's always had glowing eyes. I must have passed that up completely. (laughs) I think it's only been mentioned in, like, the first episode that I was in. I think it came up when you were threatening a shopkeeper in the college once. Yeah. It came up in the dark a couple times, actually. Yeah. Because they have glowing eyes, but they don't have dark vision, so... (laughs) At least you could find them in the dark. It's true. (laughs) Ember just constantly looks like a a cat in torchlight. Like You can't see the rest of the cat, but you can see the eyes. That's Ember in the Underdark. That explains why we're so bad at stealth. Ember can't (laughs) keep your eyes shut. (laughs) I mean... We also have two people in heavy armor. Clang, 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 and then they look your way and there's just a pair of wide eyes staring at them. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I think there's someone over there. (laughs) Shh, we're being inconspicuous. (laughs) You are sadly not being inconspicuous. First of all, rude. Yeah, so if we all bung down like seven gold pieces, then that's... I don't know why we're so particular about um, Dicebergs. D&D is, just inspires you to be like that. Yeah. And yeah. one will have to cover me yeah. because I don't, I spent, as I said, I spent all of my money on magic. I got you. Thanks. Just like the amount of times the trick has been about to, like, grudgingly volunteer to cover someone, someone for money. Never comes someone up else it's yeah. like, well, I will not be doing that. <laughs> I'm saying this to give you the opportunity. Do you want to stock up on any, like, magical items or potions while you are here? Alternatively, do you wish to go to any libraries while you are here? Because you are in a place that will have those. Yeah, this is like a city. This is like a city. It's like a little dock town. Yeah, no, this is a a proper city. And the humans amongst you, you've got that image in your head of of what Telverum was once upon a time. And, you know, that you know because something everyone knows is that the elves have the oldest libraries in the world but the oldest libraries in the human world are probably in Telverum and this is like basically Telverum right I mean it's one of their cities I'll tell you what Telverum was and it's rubbish at forest fighting <laughs> it was not their skill, their strong suit they liked open plains to fight on it's, it is a fact mm. how are you going to stand in a neat like... line in the trees honestly <laughs> Say again? Uh, what do their libraries like look like? Because a lot of libraries uh, in what we would consider home 
like, you know, temple libraries, collections, that sort of thing. Is it the same here? For the most part, um, a library will be associated either with a temple or with a wealthy patron. Um, are you looking for one, or are you just asking in general? I think, I think that would going be looking to a library, for yeah, I think that knowing more um, about what we're getting into, probably a really good idea. Okay. Roll me an investigation check, someone. Yeah. 19. Mm. Oh, good, because I rolled another 8. <laughs> <laughs> Rill has more experience at finding things in unfamiliar kinds of city where everyone speaks unfamiliar languages. Like, that's just something that's happened to Rill more often. Mm. And you have more luck with deciphering the architecture. Um, at first, you think the building that you're seeing just down one of the streets leading off this this main square where the river dock is, at first you assume that it's a temple to the scribe, which is one of the now-dead drow gods. But then you think about that a bit, and you're like, actually, even in, even in a cosmopolitan city, having an individual temple to the scribe seems unlikely. You would assume that if the drow gods are represented in among these temples at all, it's probably one shared one. Yeah. So the big open book on the facade of that building might mean something else. Do you all like to go into the looks at the sign? Uh library? Yes. Uh absolutely. No, I'm looking at it. Does it say anything like library? It does. It says it does yeah. say something very like library. True. Oh, fantasy I unexpected the the idea of going to a library. I don't think it's usually been their um their idea of a good use of time, but yeah. Yeah. And and you walk in and it's immediately obvious that this this one is open to the public. Mm. It is architecturally quite like the temples you've seen around. It's got those columns and that peaked roof. But it is walled in between the columns presumably to keep the weather out. And inside there are high shelves with many books on them that are either side of the entranceway. As you come in, there's like a little um, antechamber. And either side of the big doors in this antechamber, there are these bronze plaques with long, detailed and boring paragraphs about the patrons of this library and what a wonderful civic gift it is that they have given to the people. Ah, and how you should all pray for their We are in soul. Rome. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you should all appreciate them and pray for them and probably vote for them. That kind of thing. Mm. But there is not, you know, there is nothing like a, a guard here. There are, there is a desk with someone behind it, but they're not keeping tabs on who comes in and out. They appear to be more of a informational person. Mm. You, you do see that. Of the people here, you know, coming and going, the patron, you know, patrons in the sense of people using the library, not patrons in the sense of people funding the library. The custom appears to be not to walk into here with great big bags which you could use to steal books. Mm. Uh, 
we do have there a lot is, of great big bags amongst us. You do, you do. And you, yeah. ha- you, you, you notice this and you kind of have a look around and you realise that that person at the desk, um, behind them is like a stack of bags. Non, not, not, mostly not great big travelling packs like you have. Mostly just people are out in town and they have bags with them. Bags. But they, they, are, they appear to be functioning as both an information person and like a cloakroom attendant. Like This is where you leave the stuff and then you go and look at the library and you don't steal any of the books and you reclaim your bag on the way out. Mm-hmm. And if you make use of this service, they will... The language barrier isn't much of one. They're just like this. It's kind of... You're clearly trying to do the thing that they are trying to facilitate. Um, and they will thread little, little brass tokens on ribbons with numbers. If you're thread one around each bag and hand you the matching token. Ah, uh, I like this. This place is organized. This place has a system. This is great. I love it. I'll, <laughs> I'll maybe hang back if people are going in. Not like to not go in. I just want to talk to the attendant. Um, sure. I'm sure that's going to go well. Listen, this person <laughs> works in a library on a, in a major port, and I speak three languages. Um, I will do are happy to go on ahead. Yeah. Assume no one's making a fuss about that. No. Yeah. Okay, let's do trick first. Okay. So like lingering lingering behind oh, you you go ahead, I wanna and it's like um I don't suppose you speak Western common. <laughs> I'm not going to try to do the accent because I'm bad at accents, but this I'm just going to yeah. tell you, this person has a strong accent. Mm. I speak enough to get by. Um, I will try Elvish. I don't think I'm going to bother trying Halfling. They, they, Unless they are quite halfling. relieved at the <laughs> Elvish. Um, they still have a really strong accent in Elvish. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, you know, refining their accent, whoever taught them didn't didn't focus on that. Uh, but they seem happier and more fluent in it. That's fine. I, I, I probably do as well. I, Elvish I can do better than get by. Um, I'm wondering, do you have, do you have anything in, uh, anything in, do you know if the, do you know if the library has anything in, in, in Western common or in, or in Elvish or, or I guess in Halfling, um, and that I clarify, uh, flats halfling. Um, Ooh, about I don't think we have anything at all in flats halfling, but western and elvish, yes. What are you interested in? Gnomes. It's <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> <Just> like pixies, <laughs> unicorns. Excellent. Okay, so this huge. Even if you're not wearing your armor, you have the. The stance of a person who wears armor. This huge fighter type person from the barbarian wastes of the north has walked into a library and said, Do you have anything about fairies? <laughs> well, the thing is, I'm probably not wearing any armor, am I? Because I just come right off a ship into a city. Yeah. So it's probably yeah, you're probably wearing... I just hand over my bag to this poor sort and it's got an entire suit of armor in it. They don't laugh at you, but they do kind of dimple. If we had uh, anything, I think it would probably be un- in the folklore section. Where's the folklore section? Uh, up the stairs and in the left-hand corner. 
friend. Thank you very much. As you are walking up the stairs, tiny, tiny giggle. I turn, I spin like a straight I face. Spin like a viper. <laughs> <laughs> Not even looking at you, just straight face uh, facing over their desk, twiddling their thumbs. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wrote down. I wrote down. Uh, I was writing down things to 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 ask about, and just put a nice fat cross through gnomes because I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what's top of your list Maynard um, trying to think about what's going to be most useful because we have a couple of threads we had the the my, my notes are, are terrible the Tilverum wizards mm-hmm. um, the start of the divine war um, and like more see if we can find anything more on god symbology okay uh pick one and roll an investigation for it all right uh i'll go for the televaron wizards Mm -hmm. 25 25 finding uh, histories of of televaron both the city and the wider empire are not difficult to find here um and some of those focus on the magical um heritage of Telvarum. As with all things, the inheritors of Telvarum, the, the, the inheritors of the Telvir Empire consider the Telvir Empire to have been the originator, founder, and propagator of, you know, everything. So all of the uh, histories you can find have that kind of parochial attitude that obviously we invented all of this. And the magical ones are no different. There is a general attitude that obviously we invented the schools of magic. It does seem pretty objectively true, though, that there is a a long and um, a long and powerful tradition of wizards within both the city of Telverum and its wider empire. It was in particular a pursuit of the wealthy, and in the same way that my family has built a civic library would be a source of family pride that would get you political capital. One of the scions of my family has invented a new spell would be a similar kind of, we are doing things for the empire. We are contributing to society. So very much a pursuit of the nobility, but one they took quite seriously. You, what in particular are you trying to learn about them? rather than me just rambling unhelpfully. I guess um, trying to build upon the things that Rothamir told us uh, about the the wizards who did that experiment in what is now the Plaguelands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can find a number of references to what is fairly consistently referred to as the disaster at Firaxis. Nobody seems to have any details the better you find two or three histories that are kind of give you a description of them one of them only really mentions the disaster in passing because it's more focused on on things after that point so it's just kind of takes it as as read that the disaster happened the other two go into various degrees of speculation on what happened there but 
you know, it's it's familiar. It's the same kind of we know we're speculating because we know we don't know the answer that you have seen in histories of the war. That same we don't know why it started and we have all these theories, but we know that we have not been able to confirm any of these theories. These are just theories we have. Something happened at Firaxis, some kind of magical disaster. Probably there was what you would think of as a college of wizardry there, although at least the governance of that institution was presumably quite different at the time. But that kind of collection of wizards who were working together sometimes in cooperation and sometimes in rivalry, and which was a seat of learning of the, of the craft. There seems to have been one of those in Firaxis. And then, apparently quite suddenly, there was no longer a place called Firaxis, and the land around where it had been became uninhabitable. But no, none of the books you can find have any really good explanation of what happened. They speculate. Maybe they opened the wrong... Maybe they put a portal inside a portal. Maybe they were overcasting like overcharging a ritual that that just couldn't take it and it had a truly spectacular backlash but it's all speculative okay thank you very much that's exactly well not exactly what i wanted to hear but it's the information i required okay you had two others on your list you know what i completely forgotten what they they were (laughs) i don't know whether ember and rill also have things they wish to research uh my other one was, I know I remember one of them was going to be the Divine War, but I remember that we'd actually looked into it, and as you said, it was vague and weird. Yeah. And I think we did, we did, when we were in somewhere, we tried to look at symbology of gods and had similar results. Yeah, it was all you did, you did research symbology of, of gods last time you visited... Um... Eisenbrook, and you found you, you you could not find any reference to that one weird god you're interested in. Like in that case, I think we I'm have since probably had some good. Fairly, sorry, we have yeah, since had some fairly I'm, emphatic suggestions as to why. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna leave it at that. But it's all of our wizard stuff. Very good. Cool. Ember, real? Uh, I'm marking gnomes and divine war off my list. <laughs> and wizards it's ecstatic to be inside of a like big proper library again because it has been it's some yeah. time I think Yeah, it feels so, so much more like home than anywhere else on the surface yeah, he's not even bothered with not being able to understand how a lot of the words on signs or the spines of the books because he's he, he grew up in a wizard college. He's used to that. He'll just look for what he can understand and go from there. Mm-hmm. What are you researching in particular? What's the, what's the question you wish an answer to? I think and everything else we know. Uh, he wants to look for some kind of like phase book for the common that we don't understand. Firstly, <laughs> just so we can sort of get like hello and. We don't have to rely on Maynard to translate everything. Okay. Yes. Um, roll me investigation check. All right. 
Presumably Maynard also has um, limited spell slots, so... Mm. Uh, that's an 11. Okay. Um, it takes you a bit of searching um, to find you know, the languages section. And the selection is maybe not as good as you'd hoped. But there are a number of translation dictionaries here. Um, so bilingual dictionaries. What you realize as you find them is, mm, they're not going to let you take any of these with you. Oh, they're not. He's just going to look for... Uh, I guess the most most common phrases that would be useful. Uh, you know, oh, goodbye, thank you, there's a bathroom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that you, sort of thing. Do you have a scriptorum? If I come back in a week, can I have a copy of this, <laughs> of this right, chapter? Yeah. <laughs> very sad that he cannot uh, just take take a book with him or hide away somewhere in a nook for a couple of hours. But alas. Yeah. Um, I'd say within 11, you'll need to focus on either the, the, the language spoken here in Tevar and Fidelis or Eastern Common. Hmm. I'll go with language that's spoken here. Okay. So you... you, you you commit to memory some useful words and phrases in Fidelian and uh, hope that you have another chance to do similar should you travel further east. Or at least that the sailors you meet all speak Western as well. Can I just confirm that Eastern Common is the language spoken in the South? It is spoken in the Triple Braid, which runs like all the way, like that long spindly continent in the East, in the Southeast. Mm. That runs yeah, like that all the way to actually, utmost go, east. Yeah, that is, that is Easter. <laughs> yeah. That is Easter than Fidelian. Yeah. Uh, but also, um, it's Easter than West, which is in the north, I will remind you. <laughs> yeah, but that's that confusing north, at that's all. Where I'm from. <laughs> um, in addition to that, mm-hmm. um, I guess we probably couldn't find any information on this mystery god since we haven't been able to find. Hardly anything on them at all, but um, Rill would, in that case, like to look into um, how to get into different planes. Is there a like prescribed way one goes into a god's dimension or yeah, sure. area or whatever they have? Give me another investigation check for that. Okay, sorry. My <laughs> ad block decided to tell me it wanted to update. Helpful time. Oh no, it's a seven. Oh no. Uh, I really want to give you this information though, so tell me a nice high uh, number. We're just going to straight up cheat for the sake of our podcast. Oh no. Can I have have somebody else help me? Maybe somebody else. Yeah. Rope Ember in or something. Yeah, Uh, yeah, Rope Ember in. Ember will help. Uh, That's a 17. There we go. Terrible make make a choice for me. Pick either the religious side or the arcane side. I mean, Rill would go with religion, but he's also not the one who was rolling, so... <laughs> Ember would also go with religion, though. Okay. This is just a case of you know, which section of the library are you in to look for this information. So you, 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 you work along the lines of, well, we're, we're wondering about God's realms and the heavens, so this is clearly a religious question. All the books agree that part of the nature of a god is that it has a divine plane which is directly under its control in a way that 
the material plane isn't. To operate on the material plane, gods generally require an agent, a cleric, a paladin, someone who's taken the time to ceremonially consecrate a place for them. You know, some kind of, of connection of that sort to allow them to affect things on the material plane. In their own realms, they are practically omnipotent. And their planes don't connect directly to the material plane. There is a place known as the heavens in the plural, and that is geographically quite similar to the material plane, but populated by uh, celestial beings. And wherever on the material plane there is a shrine to a god, in the heavens there is a portal to their realm. So if you were in the heavens walking around the place that corresponds to or, or overlays the temple district here in Pedonium, you could walk between the portals to the realms of the gods where their temples are. So in order to travel to one of the divine realms, I don't think you would find detailed instructions, but I think you would find the agreed upon classification that there are three ways to do it. The first is the god really, really, really wants you to do that and pulls you up, usually like with your consent or with your participation, but they do something to enable you to just go. The second is the most um, religiously proper one is that you use magic or a stable portal to get yourself to the heavens, and then you travel to an appropriate portal to to an appropriate portal to the realm of the god you're seeking and because those are usually attended by beings with allegiance to the relevant god you would petition for entry the third way in all the books that you find is frowned upon because it's what wizards in their hubris do which is you find the necessary magical tool and you perform a plane shift spell just to jump straight into a divine realm and why would you do that that is rude and possibly sacrilegious <laughs> and i'll throw in for free this is a very similar structure to the hells and the personal planes of archdemons and archdevils good just in case we ever need that knowledge just in case you ever need that knowledge yeah all right well i think the first option i think the first option is out because we want is um, longer. Can't do much of anything. The section option might be out as well, considering that they didn't have anyone guarding their portals. Or if they did, it might perhaps be someone who doesn't actually represent them and represents those that want the god to stay dead. Or it could be those island-confused celestials my mother was talking about. Mm. You know how hard of a spell plane shift is to cast? I assume Maynard's not at that level yet. No. I mean, out of character, I can tell you it's a 7th level conjuration. Mm. So you wouldn't be looking at a 15th level wizard. Oh. 
we need to buff Maynard up, and we need to find some uh, very powerful friends. Hmm. Or, maybe one of our gods could help. I'll pray on it. Can't guarantee anything. Yeah, yeah that's how they are. They could get us in to the heavens or their domain, and we could travel that way, but it still might be the same problem as the second option. I'm just so while you three are you you two possibly you three are chatting about your options there. I think it would be fun to get Trick to do an investigation role for gnomes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, good, good, good. Um, I'm trying basically. My main interest is in anything that takes gnomes seriously, mm-hmm. and my jackpot would be finding this name mentioned. You know, sure. If this like this may be a known gnome. Mm-hmm. If they're that powerful. It's a good thing that I'm really good at investigation. Uh, <laughs> I rolled a five. <laughs> okay. I, with a five, you're just making me sad. With a five, I'm not sure I'm going to find any no any gnome related content at all. Even, I, even I think, fictional names. I think with a five, um, y- yeah, you are struggling even to find the folklore section. Yep. Like, you end up in myth and legend instead, and it's all about... Same. You are basically surrounded by variously bad translations of the Iliad, and it is not mm. what you were looking for. Does Tilverum have a bit of a complex of, like, um, everything was great back when we were at the height of our imperial power, and what we yes. should do is recapitulate that over and over and over again? Yes. There is a strong strand in, in many of the... Uh, all of the myths are very focused on Telverum, and all of them kind of take as read that obviously the time when the world was best and brightest is when we ruled it, and obviously that time will come again. I mean, hey, at least they're doing better than Britain, which at the height of it, which which as it went into imperial time, was like, hey, you know when things were good? In someone else's empire. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, Britain had the attitude of, do you know when things were at their best and brightest? During the Roman Empire, which <laughs> is just a lack of ambition on <laughs> just us. just sad. At least they're looking back at their own past glories. Good one. Okay, cool. I I suppose I spend some amount of fruitless time. um... Like the closest you find is you're like, oh, wait, 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 I've got it. I've got it. There's a whole whole story in this book about meeting the little people and and their strange customs and, and, oh, God, no, that's the flat. That's about going to the flat and meeting <laughs> halflings. God damn it. <laughs> Journey to the west, brackets. Journey to the west, brackets, north. That's fair. Well, I'll sort of wander around in a confused academic daze until the real grown-ups are done with their investigation. <laughs> they come to bed. Okay. I feel very... It's a very humbling experience, I think. Trick is having, yeah, one of those like one of those occasional reminders that while while they are extremely skilled at what they do, there are also things that are not what they do. Custom to being in charge of things and very competent. Yeah, it shouldn't have to involve reading. <laughs> it's not dignified for people to see with my tongue stuck out. Trick definitely strikes me as technically fluent, but also tends to trace difficult words with their finger. Crick's experience of reading is largely limited to, like, uh, you know, like, um, 
what's the word? Sorters? Is that the word? Yeah. You know, like um, hymnals, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. And by the third time you've gone through the annual round, you're not really reading those. You just kind of know them. Yeah, exactly. And that's most of what I've read. And also the labels at the top of the books, you know, <laughs> by books, I mean, accounting books, you know. Yeah. Like that's Can it. Can read and write. Doesn't do a lot of it. Exactly. Okay. So you have, you have done your various bits of research and at your leisure, you can meet back up and talk over your plans. Uh, you have got your supplies. You know your route because your route is upriver until you reach the lake it starts at. Not hard. <laughs> yeah. Are you doing anything else before you set off? Maybe getting a healing potion or two wouldn't be a miss. Find a place that sells them. Uh, I would yeah. say you can, yeah. Just on the basis that this is a pretty substantial city, and healing potions are a thing a lot of people want. Right. There's always a market for them, so we'll do, we'll just do them at book price, and I'll say you can have you can spend fifty gold on a basic healing potion. All right. Well, or several, but you know, you right. only have so many uh, fifty golds. Right. I'll buy two. Mm-hmm. Um, might be worth picking up an antitoxin. Wait a second. This feels backwards. It grants you advantage on saving throws against po- against poison for one hour. Yes, Doesn't you take it before poison? you go into battle with the you know giant scorpion or whatever. It's not what I normally uh. think of as an antitoxin. <laughs> no, it's it's not well named. It is a preventative or a possible preventative rather than a cure. Nah, that's it. I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing all that sort of thing. Can I buy? Can I buy some sort of emetic and take my chances? Yeah, you can pick up a common purgative for uh, about a silver. Yeah, that's grand. Let's have. Uh, I'll. How about I? How about I drop a gold piece on a bag of ointments, mundane remedies, etc. Yeah, I'd say you can. You can. You can get a, a collection of mundane remedies. The, the Adventurer's First Aid Kit are technically not arcane, but they do biologically do stuff. Yeah. There we go. Listen, for hundreds of years, we were satisfied with things that made you pee, puke, or shit yourself. Like, anything else, and it was just, and it was just spells, basically. Yeah. yeah that is there still were the three things we knew how to do to a body. And they probably were medicine. You, you, you are really underselling the role of the alcoholic sedative in early medicine. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, you can also flowers, you can also alcohol. you can also have a sleepy time. Yeah, you, you you've got a bag of things. Some of them yeah. are emetics, some of them are are diuretics. You've got boiled honey, which apparently is great for sealing wounds against infection. You've got you know bits and stuff. Grand. Okay, you've got your first aid kit. You've got your healing potions. I would say you all notice that as it comes up to noon, you're just very aware of how directly overhead the sun is. None of you have ever been this central in the world. And although you're not at the center yet, there is not a lot of shadow anywhere at noon. There's like an inch or two at the base of the wall. It's oh. unsettling. Does the vernacular architecture tend to provide a lot of awnings and such then? It does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's quite nice. I like that. There's a common design to a lot of the... So that there's... A number of sort of apartment blocks that you see, but there's also individual 
houses. And a lot of those have a thing where they've got this double level design. So you've got one more story at the back than at the front. And then that lower roof at the front has an awning stretched across it so you can sit in the shade. Oh, that's quite nice. I like that. Bill is going to pull out his parasol and look uncomfortable. (laughs) You are actually... You notice you you pull out your parasol expecting to feel very self conscious, and then you realise that quite a number of people have got them. Oh, because although human eyes are better adapted to sunshine than yours, it's still noon in July in the Mediterranean, and <laughs> like many people are more comfortable with a little bit of personal shade. The sun is very close. The sun is very yes. close. <laughs> it is hot. It is sticky. Sunburn is a thing. Mm. You notice so it, is, so it is mostly human hair. It is mostly human hair, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Human, half elves, number of tieflings. But of course, the more the more human dominated a population is, the more more tieflings you see. So that makes sense to you. I'm right in saying that in this setting, tieflings are basically a, a, a kind of thing that that humans are sometimes. That yes, come basically. out of humans sometimes. Yeah. Yes. Um, there is a heritable aspect to tieflingness mm. um but but not not strictly so even if you didn't think you had any tieflings in your recent family history you could still produce a tiefling and a tiefling yeah. family can still produce a non-tiefling yeah which is probably like linguistically very awkward for that child sorry say again like um uh, like being redheaded yeah, like being redheaded, like having blue eyes. It's it's like if it also caused you to speak infernal. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if being redheaded also caused you to speak the language of hell. <laughs> which, which, to my to the best of my knowledge, is not something that's true in our world. Um, but there you are. In this case, three redheads and a drow collect their supplies, and. Uh, yep. Start Walk heading. Into a bar. <laughs> well, that's up to you. But I was going to say you probably start heading up river. Yes, I feel yes. like the I will say by the time we. So I'm assuming we go. To, we actually, in fact, go to the library, then go shopping because that's the sensible. That seems very thing. likely. Yeah, and also it would fit with when we saw the library, um, yeah. which does mean that um, I I'll probably have to on our way out, which is the sensible place to put a place that sells, you know, fodder mm-hmm. is towards the exit or just outside the walls. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm going to have to... I might try to go behind a hedge <laughs> and re-emerge <laughs> with a horse <laughs> wearing a very fancy collar. Okay, yeah. So you, you can find... like You are just outside the walls of the city heading inland. You've found your way to what can reasonably be described as, as you know, the pilgrim's path. It's clearly a, a, it, there's a, it's a marked with, uh, at least at this portion, with these short stone posts every mm. few hundred yards that have a, a pair of feet in the you know, footprint configuration and a, a compass rows without any actual directions like like they're a national heritage path very genuinely yes yeah Yeah. 
I'm into that. I thought they were going to have, like, you know, pious scenes carved into the net. <laughs> well, you see, this is the thing, is that you are more taking a pilgrimage to a wonder of the world than a place dedicated yeah. to any particular god. Mm, you'd have you are, you are moving towards the centre of all things, which is an inherently yeah. mystical thing to do. That's neat. Um, so, yeah, I, because even I, uh, bulky as I am, I can't carry um, any two weeks' worth of fodder for a horse. No, absolutely. Around my shoulders. But you, you found your way. To my horse place. can carry horse two weeks' worth of fodder for a horse. You, you, you make it out of the walls, and you see the, the, you know, the sort of thing you are looking for. Is there still buildings on the outside of the walls, as there are in pretty much any old city? Things start overflowing after a while, and you find a nice big stables complex where people both purchase fodder and leave their horses and things like that. And you slip off the road and go right the way back, round the back of the stable complex into like an alleyway where no one's looking at you, probably, hopefully. And take out your small statuette of a horse. Oh, shoot. What do I say? What do I say? I say... Incitatus! There's this soft whooshing noise, followed by a gentle jingling, because your horse was in mid-head shake when she went into statuette form and has emerged and finished the head shake and then startles <laughs> because from the perspective of the horse everyone else just moved i give her an apple yeah you, you, you kind of calm her down and, and, and because because she's a horse she doesn't really have very good cognitive grasp on most of what's happening around her and fundamentally she knows you, and she likes apples. And yeah. she's used to not knowing what's going on, because she never knows what's going on, because she's a horse. This is fine. So you are able to you know, calm her down fairly easily, and then re-emerge and go and, go and purchase yeah. your fodder for a couple of weeks. And, uh, everything's fine and normal. Everything's fine and normal, and you're, you just have a regular horse with a very fancy collar. A normal horse. A normal horse to go with our normal elf and our... <laughs> and hey, he is a normal elf. Everything. You're a ghost. Stop calling yourself normal. <laughs> I mean, you don't know. You can't see that visibly. His eyes have I always glowed told. like that. Oh no, I wasn't told. Actually, I was having a nap <laughs> at the time. You were asleep at oh, the yeah. time. Yeah. Out of character, though. I was here, and I know. I know you're, you're, you're not a normal draft. That's true. Don't even drink. Normal trout are not surface adventurers, to be frank. Yeah. No, yeah, that's fair. They're not. Also, you're an aristocrat, so there's that. Oh, and as you were having this somewhat fractious conversation about whether Rill being both an aristocrat and on the surface is a normal drow. Oh, <laughs> I know, I know. I just also like yeah. it. I, I like to assume the party is also engaged in friendly bickering. That's fine. And I think we will leave you starting your journey along the banks of the Iradia towards the centre of all things. Yay. 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 Come Out and Play is a real play podcast project, all trans, all the time. You can find us at CAOPcast on Patreon and on Twitter, and at our website, comeoutandplay.games. If you're trans or non-binary and you'd like to get involved, drop us a line. And as always, if you enjoy our show, share it with your friends. And if you don't enjoy our show, 
share it with your enemies. Word of mouth is how a project like this gets attention, and we just love attention. A lot of the a lot of your opportunity to become a, maraud a marauding was name comes from wars happening, and wars are illegal. <laughs> <laughs>